0: This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. So let's give it one, up, one more time for the Gilberts, what an amazing family. Welcome everybody, good to have you on a first Sunday, family Sunday here at Harbor. Um, Apologize for my voice, I got a little something going on health-wise, but we're gonna get through it today. I really have an expectation that God's gonna do something really profound here as we look into his word, right? He's already set the stage for this morning through the worship, through all that's taking place. And so we're starting a new series called Vision 2020. You know, I think the Lord is... How many of you know he's constantly growing us, growing us individually, growing us corporately as the body of Christ, and we are increasing in our ability to be able to see clearly all things. I remember when I was at the University of South Carolina, I was an athlete there. I was living in a dorm called the Roost and I had this experience with the Lord where I actually was encountered by him, and gave him my life, you know. If, in other words, it was like this born-again experience. I felt like I had been born again. It was, it was, a, it was a spiritual birth, but it really transformed my life in, in, in such a profound way that I remember clearly walking out the door of my dorm room, outside of the building, looking at the world, and it was like in living color for the first time in my life. You know, I could just see, I could just perceive things that I never actually was able to perceive before. You know, like, how many of you know that when you're in process, not everything changes 100% right out of the gate, right? So, you know, even back then I went to, you know, a few parties after this day, um, when this thing happened between me and Jesus, and, and I remember going into those parties and for the first time going, wow, this is so empty. You know, there's no life in this, and it was something that I was able to perceive. One, could you have me that tea? That's that's there. Thank you so much, Wendy. I was able to perceive clearer. You know, an environment that I wasn't able to really perceive before. You know, a reality that was in my life. And so we're we're going through this series. We started it. We're starting it intentionally around Lent. If, if you don't know, this past Wednesday was was the first day of Lent which is really cool because the story of of Lent is, the tradition of Lent is really beautiful because it's the time, the 40-day time, when Jesus went into the wilderness leading up to Palm Sunday when they waved the branches and celebrated the Lord. Do you remember that? Do you remember that in the Bible? And so it's a really powerful time because how many of you have been in a wilderness season? And oftentimes we don't know if we can see too well When we're in a wilderness season, but I want to remind you of something that it was actually after the baptism of Jesus where he was affirmed in his identity. Not for what he did, but for who he was. Come on, somebody. It was right after that moment where he was affirmed in his identity. This is my beloved son. You could insert in there for yourself if you're female in the room today my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. Interestingly enough is that he had not even began his ministry yet, but the father was pleased in him because it was not about what he could do, but who he was to father. So what I want to submit is the more we're rooted in our identity, the clearer we're going to be able to see in wilderness seasons and navigate them in a way where we come out of them stronger in the Spirit than when we went in. Come on. Because it said that God sent him into the wilderness by the Spirit. And then when he came out of the wilderness, that's when everything started to break loose. Come on, somebody. It was in that time, in that moment of identity that he went in, empowered by the Spirit, being able to see things clearly. Because how many of you know, in in his own strength, his his own ability... I mean, he hadn't eaten anything, he hadn't drunk anything in 40 days. Brought totally to the end of himself. But the power of God was perfected in his weakness. So I want to talk today, I'm titling my message, Perfection. And my aim, by the grace of Holy Spirit, is to let us see a little clearer today the biblical concept concept of eternal life. Now, oftentimes, if you've been raised in church or been around church for any amount of years or months or whatever, when you think of eternal life, you might think, well, hey, it's my confession of Jesus being Lord, and there I go, I get my ticket to heaven. Church is far much more than that. We're going to see this morning that eternal life is a greater reality for us than getting just simply to go, to heaven, which is wonderful, right? I don't know anybody on the planet who would want to go to the opposite. Can I get an amen, right? It's, it's a wonderful, beautiful thought that we get to have life with God beyond this one, right? But this whole concept of eternal life is greater. Look at this with me in Matthew 19.
1: <clears throat>
0: it's a parable of the rich young ruler. I like that. Rich, young, Ruler. You know, I think there's a lot of beauty and zeal that comes from youth. And I think there's a calling over all of our lives to bring greatness to the earth. If you believe that, say amen. And he comes to Jesus, and look what happens. He asks him in verse 16, he says, Teacher Jesus, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Now, I want to pause right here, and I want to bring your attention to something. This is why it's good to to download that little thing called the Strong's Concordance on your phone. Have it as an accessory to your Bible study. Click on words every now and then and go a little deeper into their meaning. Because eternal here, it literally means perpetual or ongoing. So it's not something reserved just for the future. It's something that begins in our relational engagement with Jesus and is a perpetual for all of eternity. So paraphrasing after this, Jesus says, if you want to have eternal life, you must keep the commandments, the beautiful, perfect laws of God, right? Right? Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself, so on and so forth, right? And the rich son ruler says, I have obeyed all of these commandments, what else must I do? Now, isn't it interesting that Jesus, instead of throwing out another commandment question, to the rich young ruler, he goes right for the heart. Yeah. He bypasses the way he began to engage the young man. Because you see, the young man had confidence. Like, I've done all of those things. What else must I do? Look at this, verse 21. Jesus says... If you want to be perfect, everybody say perfect. Go and sell. He's not given a commandment here. This isn't the law of God. This isn't a requirement for eternal life. But he says, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the rich young ruler, the young man, heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. You know, there's a couple of misinterpreted, misapplied words that I want to hit on today, and one is this, this word perfect. Because when you hear the word perfect, what do you think? What's the initial thing, especially in terms of spiritual things? What goes through your mind? That you've got to do everything right. That's the, that's, the, that's the thing that I bring, if you will, to the table here is in, in this, this journey with God. I've got to be perfect. And you might perceive that because here Jesus tells him, if you want to be perfect, do this. But it wasn't a command. It was a heart commission. It was a heart engagement from Jesus to this guy. You know, one thing... For all the married couples in the room, I have learned that the why behind the things that I do for my wife is way bigger than the what that I'm actually doing. Give me an illustration, Darren. She is an acts of service kind of girl. Anybody else in the room that can identify with your bride? Or you have that personality trait as well. That's one of your love languages. But if I'm just into helping her around the house because it's just another what that I get a check off, and there isn't an understanding in my mind of the why behind what I'm doing to connect with her relationally, I have missed the entire point. Is anybody awake this morning? Come on. Perfect here is, is the, the this this misunderstood word that that you know that that literally means besides the whole eternal word it literally means this it means perfect here it means it's the Greek word teleos which means complete or whole you see the desire of Jesus is not to get us doing a bunch of religious things the desire of Jesus is for us to be found complete. Or whole in Him. You see, us doing X law, Y law, Z law, out of our own ability, out of what we can do, out of what I can do, apart from having my foundation in a relational connection to Jesus, is not going to bring me into this union, into this place of perfection, this place of completion, this place of wholeness. So I want to say this to you, the rich unruler didn't realize that perfection had nothing to do with him being able to check off a box of all the things that he had done in order to experience eternal life. Rather, it was the what getting in the way of the why that was keeping him from connecting to it. Here's the thing in our life with God. It is going to be a continual cycle of process where we're going to ebb and flow from that first love through realms and seasons of ups and downs and maturity. Potentially having religion come in there along the way and God beginning to ask us questions to engage the heart, to get us back on track with the why behind this whole thing called a relationship with God. Another misunderstood word and misapplied word is the word judge, right? I remember this summer I was with Luke, my son, and we were on a travel lacrosse tournament in Maryland, and his coach, who's an amazing guy, but he just doesn't know anything about Jesus, he, he was interacting with my son Luke, and he was telling him, he said, I have a deep interest in spiritual things, but I've never been to church. And he said, to be honest, I'm terrified to talk to a pastor about these questions. And Luke goes, why? And he said, I'm, I'm afraid that he might judge me from where I'm coming from or with the questions that I have. Isn't that sad that the perception of people out there in the world as they're wrestling with things, you know, around this whole concept of eternity and eternal life, that they wouldn't feel safe to have a conversation with a pastor or maybe even a Christian? But look at this scripture with me, and I'm going somewhere with this, and we're going to wrap it up and take communion together. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12. Paul's writing to the church, and he says, is it, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders. But he says, it certainly is your responsibility, talking about the believers in the church there in Corinth. Now, think Miami when you hear Corinth. Think that kind of a, a city, a port city, a, a, a transient city, a very, uh, very much a gateway city to the world. That's, that's what, what Corinth was like. Totally godless, had no concept of God, no, no Jewish influence, you know, of, of Yahweh, no New Testament influence until Paul went there. But he said, It's certainly your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. Now, Sin literally means to miss the mark. So those who were not living to the original intention that God had created them to live in. Pause. Every single person in this room, every single person watching me right now on live stream around the world, every single person that's going to listen to this podcast, you have an intentional purpose that God has created you to walk in before you were even born. I don't even understand that. That's a mind-blowing thing. But God had us in His heart before He created us. And He had good plans for us, plans for a future, to give us a hope, to prosper us in that, in that tomorrow, right? Right? When we're not on that course personally or as a community, we should be judging that. Now listen, there's a big difference between righteous judgment and religious judgment. Religious judgment is taking the plank in our own eye and projecting it onto someone else who may, maybe have a sliver in theirs. The world is over religious judgment. Most of the time when we feel something about someone that is not positive relating to their future based on where they currently are, it is religious judgment. And it's because of our own stuff that we're projecting on other people. Can I give you an illustration? It's intense, but this is true because I've been a pastor now 25 years. I have sat in marital counseling where one of the other, or the other party is suspicious about the other one not being faithful to them outside of their marriage and usually unless they're rooted in Jesus and they have their identity fashioned and they're on this path growing in eternal life I've seen the one that is questioning be actually the one that is considering or dabbling in that themselves. And they are projecting what's actually going on in their heart on the heart of their spouse. So I'm not talking about righteous judgment here. Judge in this verse literally means to distinguish or to perceive a difference in somebody. So check this out. Paul's like, listen, those who are outside the church, there's no reason to even think about distinguishing them because they're in their culture. They're lost in their space. But for those who are inside of the church, you are to distinguish or perceive something different in their life because that's what the church is all about. Transformation. This is where we begin to see perpetual life and the fruit of that flowing in a person. I sent this tweet out this morning because it was just on my heart. I said, to be positioned to lead other people, let there be a season of fruit for you being able to lead your own life. There's grace for that, by the way. There is grace in the power of God because of the blood of Jesus, because of his sacrificial death, that we can be distinguished differently from those who don't know God. They can perceive, if we really carry it, a difference in our life from other people. And if they don't, Something is wrong. So the disciples are watching this interaction with this rich young ruler, and they don't even understand it themselves. They can't grasp, they can't perceive what he's trying to say to them relating to this man being perfect. They wouldn't understand. Even what the definition of judgment related to being able to see this difference in their own hearts or their own lives. Because he hadn't yet gone to the cross. He hadn't yet been crucified. He hadn't yet been risen again from the dead. So they they asked him this question. they said, Lord, how is it possible for anybody to be saved based on what you just said? Well, Jesus in Matthew 19, verse 26, look at this with me. He says, oh, I love this. Humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Okay. I got like a quiet amen, I think, in this section. But I I want want us to really think about this as, as... We get ready to pass out the communion. Do we believe what he said? What he was trying to tell his disciples is, listen, if you're going to do this in your own strength and in your own ability, it's completely impossible. But with God, everything, With God, everything, with God, everything is possible. Everything, anything, absolutely anything. But I want to ask, are we there? Like, it's 2020 right now. This is a significant year for the the Bride of Christ. This is a significant year for our region. This is a significant year for you personally. This is a significant year for us as a church. Do we have the everything going on in our spirit right now? When we're talking about eternal life, perpetual life, where anything and everything is possible, where anything and everything is happening, is that stirring in us right now? It's not where we start as much as it is where we finish. Last little piece of scripture here. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. Look what Paul says to, the, to, these, to this church. Oh foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you? In other words, what spirit are you operating under right now? He tells them for the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Next verse. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Oh, here we go. Okay, let's, let's think about this for just a minute. The Holy Spirit on the inside of us, do you realize what that means? That means that you carry God on the inside of you, God Himself. Are you able to distinguish that? Are you able to see or give release? to the God reality on the inside of your heart, or are you back there checking boxes off the law of Moses, thinking that that somehow is going to give you power to see everything begin to happen in your life? That's my question, because that was Paul's question to them. He said, of course not. The only place that perpetual eternal life comes from is by the Spirit, which is on the inside of you. Look at the verse after this, verse 3. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in Christ in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect in your own effort? eternal life, perpetual life, okay, let's bring it home as we close. Your life right now, right in this moment, okay, I haven't been feeling very good. It's been a weird morning, just, that's all I can say, it must have been something awesome that God has and that He's doing already in this, in this place. The eternal or perpetual life is available to me right this instant to heal my body, to give me strength, to give me courage, to give me boldness when I feel like being in bed. What is your story? Where are you at right now? What is going on in your life? And what I want to say to you is you have Holy Spirit right now on the inside of you. And because of that, Everything, anything is possible for you. It's perpetual.
2: It's possible
0: to see the greatness of God. You know, remember when Jesus is dealing with his disciples in this journey because they just couldn't see, they couldn't perceive. Jesus gives this pretty intense message, and he's like, eat of my flesh and drink my blood. That's weird, right? If you don't understand where he's going with this whole thing. And they're completely freaked out, I think. I think they're just losing it. Because were freaked out. They left the Lord, and He says to them, "Are you going to leave Me too?" And though they were perplexed, though they were confused a little bit, I think it was Peter. Probably was. If I'm wrong, forgive me this morning, right? But I think He said something like this: "Where else are we going to go? Because You're the only One that we found that has words of." told him on the night that he was about to be betrayed, he said, this is my body broken for you, eat of it in remembrance of me. And then he said, this is the cup of my suffering, my blood that was shed for you, drink it in remembrance of me. These are more than just elements to me this morning. They're like reminders of the everything of God that I carry on the inside. They're reminders to me to get out of box checking what's in my relationship with Him and to get back into the why of what this whole thing is about. And if there's something that is keeping you from the heart connection with God, Don't take it as a shameful thing when he starts to ask you a question. Go sell everything that you have. Because that was the issue with this guy. He found confidence in his money. He found identity in his money. Feel like, there's some really healthy repentance that needs to take place here today as we move into 2020. Repentance in the way that the Bible teaches it, metanoia, changing the way we think, which actually means what I've been talking about today, changing the way that we perceive something. Because you can look at the Word of God through your own lens and see all kinds of stuff. Trust me, I have met tons of Christians. I think all kinds of crazy things, but it's coming and I'm able to perceive it, to judge it rightly through their lens. But what if we could sit before the Lord today and think of the love of God for us that was poured out upon that tree? Ask Him, Father, as I eat of this and as I drink of this, is there anything in the way of perpetual eternal life? Listen, please. Look at me. You may be going to heaven, but are you living heaven now? That's my question. Are you living heaven right now? And if not, you're missing the everything of God. That's what I'm trying to get to here. Perceive the difference in someone who's living heaven now to someone who knows Jesus. I gotta close with this last story. I was at a beautiful couples' in this last weekend with my son as he was committing to a university to play football and the cross, and they were believers, and I, I figured so because they had some symbols and stuff. But I was in there with this the lady of the house and her husband, and she was so terrified by fear; it was, it was just coming off her in waves. And it wasn't my place on this visit, but it will be in in the future. I I feel like God's going to set this up. But I'm like, you're missing out right now on something that you can have right now. It's called the peace of God. So let's, let's sit with the Lord and let's just let him speak to each of our hearts. And then I want you just at your own convenience to eat. And to drink, but I want you to ask Him, God, what's getting in the what in the way of the why? Show me today. this room all shame and condemnation going may they not hear the voice of the accuser as they take and they eat and drink of your body for your body and your blood has shut him down, has cancelled all of his authority, all his power in the earth the only power that we give to him is the power that we yield to him because you made an open display and spectacle of him on that cross on that day he has no authority over us to be addicts Lord, to suffer under depression, to be stuck in our lives with whatever is ailing us, God. You have power, and you have poured that out upon the earth. Through your blood, your broken body descended into the pit of hell. You reached out and you took those keys back from the usurper is the second Adam. Now have control of those keys and you are giving them to us. And it's time for us to step up and rise up and begin to perceive the glorious inheritance that we carry that we are to live out now and for all time. Could you turn me up just a little bit? Just And we ask you, God, to pour out an everything kind of faith over us today to break us out of our little boxes to realize that we carry God on the inside of us for those who know Jesus and those who don't today could be your day let's sing that again let's sing now I can see Just
1: let's lift this come on can see
0: eternal life flow in this place perpetual life starting today moving us into tomorrow and then into all of eternity come give us grace come on pray with me here give us grace by your spirit to be able to perceive the work of Christ on the inside of us this accomplished work that is finished. Lord, let us see it. You don't have to do anything else, and neither do we except for say, yes, come and have your way. As our ministry teams come forward, listen, we're going to take just a little time, and I think it's healthy, right? If this has been a moment in your heart where you're like, man, something was unlocked in me, or I feel something. From the message, I want you to come and just be here before the Lord, down at the front. In fact, go ahead and start to come now. If you've got something going on in your life that is keeping you from this perpetual fruit of the Spirit, come and let us pray for you. If you don't know Jesus, the lover of your soul, who wants you to reflect the perfection of the Father to be different than the world. This is his gift to you today. Come, and we'll pray for you. As you go to get your kids, as you're dismissed, please do so quietly. God bless you guys. Have an awesome rest of your week. We'll see you Tuesday night at the Furnace, Friday night, next Friday. It's awesome. Come on. Come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. Come to these friends come and bring your life, Lord come and pour out your love come and do what only you can do,
1: Lord
2: I can see you run, I can see you run, I can see you run, to me. Yeah. I can see you run, I can see you run, I can see you run. To me. I can see you run. I can see you run. I can see you run to me. I can see you run. I can see you run. I can see you run. I can see you run I can see you run I can see you run yeah. I can see you run I can see you run I can see you run I can see you run, I can see you run, I can see you run indeed. Come around here. You come around. I can see you run to me. Here you come around. Here you come around. I can see you run. This is your heart. This is your. Can see you I can see you running, I can see you run, 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 I can see you run. I can see you run me. I can see you running. I can see you run. I can see you run. I can see you run. See you around. I can see you around. I can see you love me
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired and blessed by what you heard